You're listening to Climate Update, a podcast brought to you by the Climate Change Institute of the Australian National University. Hello and welcome back to Climate Update. In this episode, we're discussing Australia's water security, how it's impacted by climate change and what we could do to improve it in the short to long term. Australia has always experienced natural booms and busts of droughts and floods. However, as the climate has warmed, these cycles have become increasingly unpredictable. In 2019, large areas of New South Wales and southern Queensland were experiencing a severe drought, with the drought in the Murray-Darling Basin area being described as the most severe in 120 years. January 2020 saw 55 Australian towns at risk of running out of water completely. Rains in February brought some relief and reduced this number to 45. However, this was then followed by Australia's third driest June on record. Recent weeks have now seen the torrential rainfall across Australia, which has brought flooding to some areas and filled Sydney's Warragamba Dam to capacity. To discuss the role of climate change in this increasing water unpredictability and insecurity, and what we can do about it, I'm joined by Professor Jamie Piddock from the Fenner School of Environment and Society at the Australian National University. So, Jamie, thank you very much for joining me today. Lamis, it's great to join you here on the ANU Climate Change Institute podcast. So, in terms of Australia's current water security, how would you say we're doing and what does the long-term projection look like? Well, Australia's current water security is poor and declining uh, for a number of reasons. Uh, One is that Australia sits in the mid-latitudes that are most severely impacted by climate change. So as the climate uh, bands are pushed further towards the poles, the rain-bearing storms that come across southern Australia are being pushed into the Southern Ocean. And that's making life very difficult for us uh, in the south. And that's exacerbated by uh, poor water management. We have a growing population Many of our industries are very thirsty and that combination means that demand for fresh water is increasing. Uh, At the same time, our historical reliance on surface water uh, means that we're particularly vulnerable uh, to floods, but more importantly, uh, drought and climate change. Uh, The other aspect of water security is whether uh, our Uh, ecosystems are receiving enough water to sustain their health Uh, and sadly uh, many of our wetlands are not receiving the environmental flows and so I'm thinking here of the extensive floodplain uh, forests and wetlands in for example the rivers in the Murray-Darling Basin. Things like red gum forests and black box forests are suffering with that uh, many many freshwater uh, species Uh, are threatened. And so, for example, uh, things like uh, waterbird populations are declining quite severely. Then when you think about people, uh, water security differs uh, depending on where you live in Australia. So those of us living in cities uh, tend to have very reliable uh, supplies of clean water, Uh, but other Australians are really missing out. Indigenous Australians have been dispossessed of entitlement to a lot of their water. 
uh, and that needs to be rectified. That is big unfinished business in Australia. Many Indigenous communities are living in remote areas and have unreliable access to water and that water is often of very poor quality. And just in the past two years, with the severe drought that's hit uh, Eastern Australia, we've also seen uh, many rural communities, even some very large towns, uh, missing out on water. Uh, and that's partly due to mismanagement. Governments, for example, over allocating water to irrigated agriculture and partly due to a changing climate. So to summarise, Australia's water security has always been fragile and at the moment, sadly, it's declining. So how is climate change impacting um, Australia's water? So you say our water situation isn't great and it's getting worse, yet to what extent is this impacted by climate change? Well, the hydrological cycle is part of the climate cycle and so as climate changes, so does the uh, availability uh, of water. Uh, it changes in terms of volume and it changes in terms of place. Uh, and uh, so in Australia's case, uh, we're seeing uh, the, the possibility of increased uh, rainfall and flooding events uh, in northwestern Australia as, as tropical systems move further south uh, and the potential for, uh, example, for much bigger storms and flooding with, for example, more intense cyclones on the east coast. Uh, Southern Australia is in diabolical trouble. Uh, there's already uh, in the historical data from the past few decades uh, evidence that uh, as Southern Australia has warmed, more of the rainfall that does fall uh, evaporates or is transpired, and so it doesn't get into the rivers uh, and the groundwater. We're seeing more severe droughts, and there's also the potential in between those droughts to have uh, more severe uh, floods. In addition to questions of, of water volume, uh, the risk with climate change is that we also get a decline in water quality. And that's because uh, a drier landscape and more severe storm events washes more uh, sediment and fertilisers and, and other muck into our rivers. Uh, it's likely to exacerbate uh, cyanobacteria, blue-green algal blooms. You know, historically, we've seen you know, 2,000 kilometres of the Darling River uh, so toxic that people can't drink from it. Uh, and the danger is that climate change will exacerbate these things. In addition to the direct impacts of climate change, our governments, our society, often don't consider whether societal responses to climate will make, uh, will make the situation worse. For example, uh, it is tempting for many farmers to dig more uh, on-farm dams to store more water, but that's water that then doesn't run off into the rivers and streams, and so it exacerbates the drying up of uh, rivers and streams. Climate policy might free up some water. You know, if coal-fired power stations close, uh, as they're scheduled to do, 
then there might be more water available uh, in the Hunter and Latrobe Valley regions. But we might then see new technologies as part of climate change response uh, that uh, leads us to, to use more water in different areas. And so, for example, if solar thermal power stations were built, then that would lead to, um, to a modest increase in water demand, but in sunny and dry parts of the country where there's little water. And so we need to think ahead and manage the changed availability of water, but also the changes in the way we store and use water as a result of climate change. So that leads very nicely onto my next question, which is what can we do to improve Australia's water security, both in the short and long term? Well, there's a great many opportunities for us to do uh, a better job of managing uh, our water. Uh, one of the, the first things I think we need to do as a country is uh, reach agreement with Indigenous Australians about restitution in terms of uh, returning uh, water uh, to, to Indigenous communities. Uh, we need as a country to have a better vision about what we want to do with water. Uh, in water, there is what's known as the hydrological cycle, which is that governments get terribly concerned about water when there's a flood or a drought, and then forget about it when uh, life becomes easier. We saw that in Australia uh, after the millennium drought broke in 2011. Uh, a whole lot of institutions that were set up, like the, the National uh, Water Commission uh, and many research programs were defunded or axed. Uh, what we need now, I think, is to, to rebuild that national vision, to revisit our 2004 National Water Initiative to get state and federal government agreement and, and uh, stakeholder agreement about what we want to achieve. We need to empower local and regional communities to do a better job of managing water. There's an enormous amount of wisdom uh, in, in these communities and the defunding that we've seen of catchment management authorities uh, and natural resource management agencies has reduced the capacity of those communities to take good local initiatives to restore rivers uh, and to manage water uh, more wisely. We actually need to build projections of changes in water availability due to climate change into our plants. Uh, it will astonish many listeners to know that the Murray-Darling Basin Plan that was adopted in 2008 makes no explicit allowance for the potential reduced availability of water due to climate change. Yet we're already seeing far less water flow into rivers in the basin uh, than government models project. So when that plan comes up for renewal in 2026, when other water plants around the country come up for renewal, we need to build into them adaptation measures about how we could live with less water, uh, how we could use water more efficiently, how we could recycle wastewater uh, to uh, sustain the environment uh, and people. 
there are some exciting new technologies that we can deploy that will enable us to have a good quality of life while using uh, less water. And an obvious one in the climate change sense is accelerating the phase out of, of coal-fired power stations uh, that use uh, a lot of water in their uh, generation of electricity and moving to things like solar photovoltaics and wind energy uh, that will use much less, uh, less water. And lastly, I think we need to uh, experiment. Uh, so often in management of water in Australia, we've tried one-size-fits-all approaches uh, and perhaps we can um, do a bit more experimentation on a local and a regional scale to find better ways of doing things like maintaining environmental flows in rivers to sustain um, fish species uh, or uh, supporting uh, rural towns to increase security of their water supply with things like managed aquifer recharge. The great thing about working on water is that our human communities by and large live around water bodies and people are naturally attracted to water bodies. And so there's a huge reservoir of, of interest and goodwill amongst Australians to manage our water better. We need to seize uh, those opportunities. Thank you very much for joining me today, Jamie. It's been a great pleasure, uh, Lamis. And if you're interested in finding out more information about Australia's water security and water-focused research, you can check out the newly launched Institute for Water Futures at the Australian National University. This interdisciplinary institute brings together experts from sciences, the social sciences, humanities and public policy to focus on long-term projects to understand uncertain futures of water, enable action and create new solutions to Australia's water problems. You can find out more about the Institute by visiting waterfutures.anu.edu.au or checking out at ANU Water Futures on Twitter. And as always, thank you for listening to the Climate Update podcast. To stay tuned for our next episode, you can subscribe on your favourite podcast streaming platform, like and follow us on Twitter and Facebook at ANU Climate, or you can check out our website and subscribe to our newsletter at www.anu.edu.au. 